Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Evan Roberts Podcast. We'll call this the Let's Check In on the Mets edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. I've brought back the Mets group text chat that I'm in, uh, Fantasy Phil. Ryan McGee, also known as Adam Eaton something. Both of these guys joined me today. First of all, Ryan, how's your uh, holiday going? Everything's going well. Um, got a couple of weeks to go before uh, baby number three is here. So excited. Uh, and yeah, so the two older ones uh, excited to get Sandy here in a couple of days. Do you think I'm going to be like you in a few years where we're going to want baby number three? Because I'm at two. He's two and a half months. And I got to tell you, I think both of us feel like and we're similar because I have two boys. You had two boys. You've got a girl coming. So we're very similar in that regard. And I got to tell you, in this moment, I feel daunt, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I early on, I, I would have said I would probably felt like you're feeling that I'm done. But uh, I, I would say it's up to obviously your wife uh, and how bad she wants a, a little girl and a, a partner. You know, as a boy, That's you know, we kid. have we have boys. We, yep. we get the experience of sports and all stuff we're into. Um, and you look at it from their side, I'm sure they want the same kind of experience that they have with their mother and, you know, whatever women bonds they have together. Yeah. No, I get that. Cause I try to think if we had two girls right now, what would I be thinking? Would I be saying, come on, we got to try for that boy. Now, this has been a very nice, deep conversation for the last 45 seconds. We now welcome in a guy who just wants to bang chicks. Like there's no, God. I'm having kids. He's just, he's just <laughs> looking to find a girl, take her home and bang her. And that's fantasy oh. Phil. Is that a good oh, introduction? Uh, that was not the best introduction. I'm just, you know, it's the holiday time. I'm looking for Uncle Stevie to give me something under the tree. That's what I'm waiting for. I like that. That's a great pivot. He says, let me get away from this discussion and get to Cohen. Uh, first of all, under the guise that they're not going to sign every single free agent. And look, the major free agents haven't signed yet. So. You never know what's going to happen. Is it still possible that the Mets sign, you know, Trevor Bauer, George Springer, DJ LeMahieu? I guess. But the longer we wait, I think all of us tend to think, all right, we're going to end up with one of them. The last we talked months ago, you know, we each kind of ranked the big four free agents. You know, Robbie Cano has changed because Robbie Cano is suspended for PEDs. And I think our last podcast was certainly prior to that suspension. So right now of the big four, and let's include the big four as Springer, Bauer, Real Muto, I guess is eliminated now because they <laughs> added McCann. So you know what? Here's how I'll say it. Springer, Bauer, DJ, and let's include Lindor and Arenado because I think Sandy's made it clear that's almost like a free agent signing because let's just assume the package for both guys would not be crazy. It's really about taking the contracts. Rank the five guys in order in terms of how excited you'd be if they got that person. 
and who you want. Ryan, kick it off. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, you know, after our last talk, uh, you, I'm going to be honest here. You, you won me over and I looked more into it. I kind of studied a little bit more and, uh, I'm going to pivot from being a Lindor guy to more an Arenado guy ah. um, for many reasons. And the main one being that the options that were available in a year from now. Um, so if you're going to have to give up prospects to get one, I would say you give up prospects to get the third baseman, knowing that in your back pocket, you could go ahead and just sign without giving up more. So it's like giving up maybe the same amount of prospects for two guys, potentially uh, impact guys. So I would go Arenado and then Springer because I still think they need a everyday center fielder right. um, on this team. And then I would go Bauer and then Lindor and uh, who was the fifth guy? DJ. I, uh, I, I think that listen, DJ is not a bad addition to any team. I he just don't fit. think he's a fit for the Mets, which is crazy to say. But it just as mu as much flexibility as he has, I don't think he's – it's not well, the right fit at the right time for, for the Mets team right now. You know what DJ is? Now, first of all, I'm sure there are Mets fans listening right now that are thinking about just shoving it to the Yankees. And I get that. I understand that. I mean, I – you know, Phil will tell you this because he's a Nick fan and I'm a Net fan. I want to mm -hmm. shove it to the Knicks. So I completely understand that philosophy of – let me just stick it to my rival. And obviously, well, there's nothing for the Nets to stick to the Knicks at this point because the Knicks are a garbage G League team. The Nets are a title contender. With that said, with the DJ Met Yankee thing, you can't want a guy simply to stick it to the Yankees. It just, that's not Does enough. Does not, <laughs> but not for the con, not for five for 125. If that's really what he wants, and it's going to take five no, over that, 100. Brian, Brian, it's not the money. It's the fact, it's what you just said. They have needs on this roster, and DJ, as great as he is, unless you're pivoting and using Jeff McNeil or J.D. Davis as a trade chip, and I don't think any of us want to use McNeil as a trade chip, it doesn't make sense with the way the roster is constructed and the needs that they have. Yeah, I, I agree. I was just talking about more, you know, if it was a cheaper price tag and you want to stick it to the Yankees on the side note, then, you know, so be it, but not for what he's going to get paid, you would think. Yeah, because when Cano first got suspended, and I even said this on the air, wow, DJ really makes sense. But the more you think about it, sure, is he an upgrade over J.D. Davis where I say, okay, DJ is my third baseman or McNeil's my third baseman, whichever one you want to play second or third. Yeah, he's an upgrade, but they need, you hit on it, they haven't had a real center fielder in a long time, and they need pitching depth. Like, center field and starting pitching are obvious needs on this roster, and if signing DJ means no center fielder and no Trevor Bauer, as rock star of a, D a player as DJ Lehu is, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. How would you rank the five guys, Phil? Um, so I'm going to stick with Springer being my number one go-to guy because, like we said, this the team needs a center fielder in the worst way. Someone you can put out there, you can count on him defensively and spring regime. You know, he's a tremendous offensive player as well. That's still, that's something that has not changed. So I'm leaving him there is still the number one guy that they should be trying to, to get. And then from there, I'm going to go number two. I want Arenado. Um, same, similar to Ryan, like last time we talked, we were all gung ho on Lindor and, you know, rightfully so. But the more that we've seen that Arenado is pretty readily available and they, the Rockies kind of want to move our, encouraged to move him i don't think like anyone can expect an, an overwhelming package to have to go back to colorado given everything that arenado is going to be coming with financially and to be able to get an elite third baseman like that and adding springer as well if those two things were to happen how could you not be thrilled with that and then from there i'd say probably bauer and then dj 
after that. And um, I, I, I personally think that DJ, like, like I said, would fit on the team because I, if Arenado's fitting, how wouldn't LeMahieu? I was going to say, <laughs> I was like, going to bring how, that up. <laughs> yeah, how would LeMahieu not fit? But at, at that point, I think it's, you're saying he's not a fit more so because he's not a fit doing what he's doing and getting paid $125 million. I and think you know, that's why. It, it's it's well, funny because Nolan Arenado, and I don't want to go nuts about last year because the stats from 2020, and you could say this about Lindor too, they're not fair. I mean, Arenado didn't have a great year. Neither did Lindor. I'm not going to judge them based on less than half a season. So I can't say Nolan Arenado's on the decline because if you look at his numbers in 2019 and 2018 and 2017, they were all awesome. But here's one, two things that DJ has over Arenado because you're right. It's in a way hypocritical, and maybe I'm a hypocrite for saying DJ just doesn't fit, but Nolan Arenado does. I mean, if, if your answer is Arenado's a better baseball player and he's younger and I prefer him, that's fine. I mean, it's that's all fine and it's true. Arenado is younger and over the course of his career, he's been a better baseball player. But I think, but, he, but I, but I think he fits because you're, you're the, the assumption is that to get him, you're gonna probably have to give up a JD Davis right. or someone to open up that but spot. You're also, but you brought up the money. Assuming Arenado opts in, or what's probably likely to happen is he moves his opt out in a trade to waive his no trade. He'll say, okay. I want my opt-out in year three, three years from now as opposed to the end of this year because he'll probably look at the new CBA and say, I don't want an opt-out after this year. It's probably not a good time, especially with the pandemic. So, But let's just assume like the remaining part of his contract is guaranteed. That's a bigger contract than DJ's. DJ's going to be a cheaper alternative can buy, buy a lot. Now, he's a little bit older, but DJ's already now proven he can perform outside of Coors Field. That's going to be a question – I'm not concerned about it, but it's a question that Arenado's got to answer. DJ's performed outside of Coors Field. No one Arenado was not. Yeah, but uh, but Yankee Stadium is uh, not City Field as well. So no, I get that. I get that. So well, I mean, I think him producing Yankee Stadium it doesn't mean what he does there is going to translate to City Field, which we've probably seen other examples of. Yeah, and look, Arenado is more of the. I mean, you just look at his entire career. Again, not the 48 games he played in 2020. He's a better player than DJ LeMahieu. He's a little bit younger. He's a better player. He's also a different kind of player. He's going to be a better defensive third baseman. As, as solid as DJ is defensively, Arenado is a platinum glove defensive third baseman. He's more of a slugger. He's more of a 40-120 kind of guy. He's going to strike out a hell of a lot more. But DJ LeMahieu is more of a... And by the way, Arenado is not even like a monumental strikeout guy. It's just that you know, he's more of a strikeout guy than DJ is. I've given this thought. I, I'm sticking, and I disagree with both of you guys. I'm sticking with Bauer number one because, and look, we could debate what we think Trevor Bauer is over the next five years, and that's a fine debate. I, I just think pitching is the priority, and maybe I'm old school in that regard. I just think starting pitching was their biggest issue in 2020, and you've got a Noah Syndergaard coming off Tommy John surgery, David Peterson in year two, who knows, Marcus Stroman, who knows? I can't rely on Marcus Stroman. So when you look at this rotation after Jake, there's a ton of questions. To be able to put the reigning Cy Young Award winner behind the previous two-time Cy Young Award winner is just so damn appealing. So despite the need for a center fielder, despite how good Arenado is and DJ is, I'm sticking that Trevor Bauer is number one. Number two... I debate because Springer's a good player. 
He really is. He's a really good player. And we went over this on the air a few days ago. There aren't a lot of great center fielders. Like, I'll be the first to admit, if you're, if you're making a list of the best center fielders in baseball, okay, you got Mike Trout. Let's include Cody Bellinger as a center fielder. Fine. After that, you know, it ain't a long list. But I also like the better play. Like, Nolan Arenado is a better player. So I think I lean Arenado, then I go Springer, then I go DJ, and then I go Lindor. That's how I'd rank it. But what do you guys think about the Bauer thing? Because starting pitching is in need. And again, look at this rotation right now. Would you feel that good if they, instead of signing Bauer, they signed Jake Odorizzi and Masahiro Tanaka or an unknown player from Japan, Sugano? I know that would make me that excited. Phil, what do you think? Um, it's not that I've cooled on Bauer. It's just that like, it's, it really is just like cost dependent. What, like what kind of, what the contract's going to look like, because yes, he had a phenomenal year last year and, you know, and rightfully so he should get paid. But if we're talking about like a humongous contract, that's still going to like, I'm going to feel funny about it. Just well, like, what's the, kinda... what's the contract that's scaring you? Like, give me the years and money where you're like, man, I can't give that to Trevor Bauer. I mean, if, if he can be, if you can get him for like five or six years at, 25 I could I could live with that but like we're talking up near like the Strasburg contract and like approaching 200 million dollars that's that's tough and it's it's just that like because in the in the big picture his his career has been what his career is you you know can we say that he's learned along the way and he's just like getting better and better sure that's definitely possible but it's just it's all part of the the equation on how you want to how you want to go about it now well would you would you give him Patrick Corbin got six years, 140. Would you give Trevor Bauer six years, 140? I would do that. Yes, that, that, that I would do. But if, you know, initially when he was set to hit the market, people were talking about like the Steven Strasburg level, making like seven two ten or whatever it was. And I was like, that's a lot. Okay. Would you give him, let me push it a little bit more. Would you give him six years again? What Corbin got $30 million a year. So that's 180. Would you give him six years, 180? And how old is he? He's 29 years old. Ah, oh, man. Uh, that's probably right at my breaking point there. That's like, I, I, I find it hard to go to go past that. Okay. By the way, for opening day, he'll be 30. So he's 29 right now. But for the sake of, you know, being a baseball player, he'll be 30 years old. So if you give him a, th- a six-year deal, you've got him signed till he's 35. When you think about it that way, I don't think it's that nuts. Because yeah. can he be effective at 30, 31, 32, 33. Because if I'm giving him a six-year deal, I, I view it this way. Can he give me four really good years? If he gives me four really good years, it's all worth it. I mean, the back end of the contract, it's probably going to be ugly. It's ugly for most players. And 30, 31, 32, 33, that doesn't sound nuts. That doesn't sound crazy. Yeah, and I think the best way to think about it is um, the same way the Yankees gave CC Sabathia that contract back in 2009 or whatever. It was a ridiculous contract at that time for a pitcher. Um, but, you know, they knew all the well that probably the last three years or so were going to be tough to swallow. But, you know what? They won their – he was their workhorse well, for their years. And then they won the World Series, and it was, you know – The mistake they made, well. though, if you recall, is that they gave him a second contract. So they gave yeah. him that first contract, and then he had an opt-out, and then they – backed it up with another contract and that's the one that kind of turned bad yeah yeah, that makes sense but with Bauer though it also can't be looked at in a vacuum like if you're telling me that they make this move on Bauer and then they lose out on Springer Arenado like any other moves they're making I'm like oh man that's that's a little rough but if they're 
you know, if they're, let's say, adding an Arenado and adding a Springer and then adding pitchers maybe like Taiwan Walker, Jake Odorizzi, trading for somebody, doing something like that, you know, I got to see the big picture rather than say what I'm comfortable with and, and going straight from there. Yeah. What do you think of Bauer, uh, Ryan? All right, so I'm making a total shift here where I'm all in. I'm pushing my chips all in on on the super pen. I think I, I don't know why, but I think you put Lugo back in the pen. You got May in the fold already. Go get another go uh, Hendricks, a hand, another late in and reliever, and just build up that pen. You have your workhorse horse in Degrom every fifth day. That's going to get you seven innings on a bad day. Uh, that kind of gives the bullpen almost like a built-in day off. Right. And then you have your other guys, your Strowmans, your Petersons, your Syndergaard when he comes back. You fill in with a color, other couple of veteran cheaper guys. And I think you you build that super pen and you use that you, – you you allocate the money to the position players, Arnauto and a Springer or two, two a Lindor and a Springer, whatever the so, mix but, may but be. You're, you're spending all your money on bullpen help, which is fine. And you're moving Seth Lugo to the bullpen and you're just relying – on the rotation that you have that doesn't even have a lot of depth. Well, you got to sign veteran guys. A, a cheap, a million. You know, they gonna, did that gonna, last year. They did yeah, that but with they didn't have, but, they, but, but now, but think about it. Instead of having Paul Seawalt come out of the bullpen, you can have Trevor May. Instead of having Corey Oswald come out of the bullpen, you're going to have a Liam Hendricks I get or that. No, no, I, a Brad I, Hand. It's a different quality that's coming out of the bullpen. But if you look, if you want to use money to buy bullpen help, which I am not opposed to, you had Liam Hendricks, you had a guy like that. They've already added Trevor May. That's fine. That would lead me more to then, well, let me see what Seth Lugo is as a starting pitcher. I mean, you're going to spend money on bullpen help and say, all right, screw it. I don't even know what Seth Lugo is as a starter. Listen, I'm going to put him in the bullpen too. I, I, I'm on many of podcasts in the in the past year that I'm a firm believer. Lugo should be in the pen. You know he's an above average to almost elite, elite late-game reliever, and he's a so-so starting pitcher through his career. But if you're telling me, like we've always said, it's easier to go from starter to reliever. So if you want to go through spring training, whatever that may be this year, and start the year with him in the rotation and see how it goes and then make the shift if you had to, if he's not performing, I'm all fine for that because you have those other arms in the pen to give you that grace period to evaluate. All right, last thing, because I think my son is waking up. I can hear him crying in the background. What will they end up doing? All right. We're a month or so into this offseason or whatever it is. Steve Cohen's the owner. We still have these expectations quickly because I can hear him crying. Phil, what do they end up doing? Signing Springer, trading for Arenado, filling in the rotation. <laughs> wow. Big, big views. How about you, Ryan? I say Springer. Um, and I'm going to go on a, a limb here and say, I don't even know his name, but the guy they talked about yesterday, the Japanese pitcher, Sugano, Sugano I'm going to go wow. Springer, Sugano, and then depth pieces the rest of the way. Yeah. I, you know, I hate to say it. I think it's going to be Springer and a lot of other depth pieces. I don't think we're walking away. And, and I mentioned, you got to get one of these guys, you get one of them. Fine. It's a show of good faith. We have this owner for the rest of time. It isn't just one off season, but I'm starting to think it's Springer and not much else. Fantasy Phil, Adam Eaton, really Ryan McGee. Thank you for uh, joining me on this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.